Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Feel Better with Tara Styles. I'm Tara Styles. Welcome to the show. Yay. Ah, all right. I'm feeling rejuvenated. My goodness. We just got back recently from our 200 hour, 200 plus hour because we keep going forever. The time never ends with our practice. At least that's our point of view with Strala. We continue to educate and practice and support each other and learn and grow and share and all the things forever. So what happens in the room is wonderful and we keep it going. Ah, it was an amazing time. Every time we get together with people is amazing in our community. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And just in general, right? Isn't it good to get together with people? Ah, we just had a family reunion here. It was kind of a my mom's dad's mom's side of the family, <laughs> but we showed up anyway. We were kind of family reunion crashers. A lot of my aunts and uncles were there and my mom's cousins, which were cool. But just getting together with people with the idea to enjoy, connect, take care, all the things, celebrate, catch up, good stuff. So when we did that in Miami, all of those things, plus the practice taking center stage of moving with ease, moving frame by frame, moving with this Tai Chi way, breath body connectedness, no endpoints in the poses, continuing on, <sighs> really leads to this instant feeling of, wow, that yoga practice felt like me. Wow, that yoga practice feels like it's helpful for me. Instead of, oh, I wish I could have done that, or maybe next time I'll be better at that, or this part is really hard and that part was easy, and sort of comparing, comparing, comparison, <laughs> comparing. I wanted to say something else, but it didn't quite come out. I just did yoga, and after a practice, sometimes words become not there, <laughs> which I think is kind of cool, right? We're in this feeling state of mind, but also in this sharing state of mind, which is wonderful. So comparing yourself to your shoulda, woulda, coulda ideas or having this inner critic or an outer critic from a teacher that says, oh, if you can't do this, do this, it's okay. But don't worry, if you can't do it today, just keep working and maybe you'll be able to do it tomorrow. Where when you take the moving with your breath, moving from your center point of view, you're always progressing, so that's kind of a, a no-brainer. Of course, you're going to be able to achieve more and do more, experience more. But you're also, and this doesn't exist with pose goals or point goals, you're also not only feeling good every moment along the way, which is very important for our well-being and our being humanness, 
feeling good, but noticing how you feel every moment along the way. So when you actually notice, oh, something's going on with me here, or that didn't feel quite right, or I have a little bit of an intuition about this thing happening in my body, or this thing happening in my mind, or maybe I can go a little further here and that would be a good idea, or maybe I should back off a little bit here and that would be a good idea. So true sense of empowerment happens in a practice where you are not only allowed but encouraged over and over through gentle reminders to notice how you feel while you're doing something that's helpful, not while you're doing something that's harmful. That would be, that would be bad. <laughs> I don't even know a word for that. That would be a little bit um, mean, I think, as a teacher of something, putting something, putting somebody in an awkward position and say, oh, how do you feel? And kind of be forced to think you should feel good, but not really at all, convoluted maybe confusing, slightly traumatic, mini aggressions, lots of things like that, which any practice can be, not just yoga, but really anything, any exercise, any, anything you do. We can do moving well, we can do connected to ourselves, or we can do not moving well, not connected to ourselves, not noticing how we feel, ignoring how we feel. So it was a wonderful uh, seeping in that feeling of noticing how we feel around other people doing the same thing, which there's this cool term called co-regulation that happens. We all kind of get on the same clock in a way. We all tune in to ourselves and each other and get the benefits of the person literally right next to us that's taking good care of themselves. We benefit from that as well. And it was just amazing hanging around. We were at the Standard Hotel in Miami and our program included, it was really kind of a wonderful thing, included trips to the spa. <laughs> it was very unusual for us. Maybe we should do this more often. Trips to the spa has a very kind of low-key spa, this hotel. You can go to the hammam, which has a hot room, a cold room, steam, sauna, all that stuff, a pool. So in between the yoga, we were doing all that stuff, which was cool, on lunch breaks and after jumping off of the dock into the bay, <laughs> things like that which adds to the sense of well-being. And I really noticed, and the other folks in the training really noticed, that not only did we feel good, our group, but the people at the front desk complimented us. They said, oh, everybody's so nice. You are thoughtful and considerate to us. You're not creating a ruckus. You're not leaving food around. You're not leaving garbage. You're taking good care of the space. You're taking good care of literally strangers that walk around you're being kind and I always smile because I know that that's going to happen <laughs> I know we're going to get this positive feedback this while wow, we're helping the people community around us by simply being ourselves because we're literally practicing taking good care of ourselves in the yoga which automatically leads to a desire, a joyful feeling, a, a want, a need, a yes, now I want to go and do something nice for someone else. That just happens to be whoever is around me when I walk out of this room. So I had lots of good conversations with some massage therapists and showed them some qigong that they could do to release tension in their wrists and things like that. Some people that were working 
also at the standard. We had good conversations with the reception people, the front desk people, the pool attendants, all the workers at the hotel we really got close with in a way. And then all the people that would come, we would say, hey, are you enjoying? What are you up to today? Instead of having the blinders on and kind of hurry up and relax. I'm at the spa kind of feeling, checking your phone. <laughs> we left the phones in our bags and simply breathed around other people. Even if they were on their phone, we would breathe around them. And what often would happen is they would put their phone down or put it away for the moment and look up and say, oh, hello. <sighs> How are you doing today? <laughs> and I know all that sounds super Care Bear-esque and simple, but it really is a practice that works. Yoga is wonderful when it feels like you. And how to make that happen is moving along with your breath, allowing your breath to move you. Move as well as you can every moment along the way. Forget about the poses. They're there. You don't have to worry about them. Focus on every moment in between. It's not pose and transition and pose. It's one whole practice which leads you to the experience of one whole you. Which leads me to today's conversation, which is something I've been really excited about recently. And I have had a lot of conversations about it and didn't really think to do a podcast about this until it became really relevant that this might be helpful, not just for me, but for other people. So I'm calling this quiet internetting. Quiet internetting. Quiet internetting. <laughs> and... I'm defining this way of being online, this action, as curating your online experience with your well-being in mind. And I'll say that again in case that's revolutionary for anyone. Quiet interneting. Curating your online experience with your well-being in mind. Now, for me, this really has been revolutionary. It's literally changed not just my online experience, but my life in a way where I feel better. And that's really the whole point here, right? Feel better, do better. Yay. So how do we do this? I kind of came around to this because of my age, I suppose. I grew up without the internet. And I loved computers. I loved technology. I was in Business Professionals of America. I was a computer geek was taking them apart, putting them together, <laughs> figuring out how to do all kinds of things with technology as much as I could. I'm no computer genius, but I just really was interested and liked it. I created flyers for my high school. I had a little job in high school working with PageMaker, <laughs> DOS, things like that. Back in the day, the 90s, the late 90s, and then the 2000s came along and all of a sudden we had smartphones. Well, not smartphones yet, just phones where we could call people, you know, on the go. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, when I was little, you all, I know I'm probably not the, the oldest person here listening, but some of you can relate to this too if you're around my age or a little bit older. We had this phone in the car and it was for emergencies <laughs> because it was the size of probably Michael Jordan's shoes. It was humongous and it weighed about 10 pounds, and you only wanted to make a call on it if you really had to, because nobody actually knew how much it cost. <laughs> it probably cost, we had in mind that it cost thousands of dollars to make a phone call, but it was really there only for emergencies. It was the car phone. 
and we felt really luxurious that we had one, but that was something my parents thought if they were going to let my brother and I drive a car to school and home and whatever, that we had this car phone just in case of emergencies. I never used it. I was terrified of it. <laughs> it just sat there in the trunk, I think. So that was that. And then we had regular cell phones, the kind where you just call somebody or call somebody on the go. And then email, things like that. And then the internet started really for everyone. And this was around the time I was starting to share yoga. I started doing that in the late 90s and early 2000s. And around 2006, I was blogging about yoga. And I wanted to share yoga with my friends back home. My friends back home, in quote, being anybody that wanted to experience yoga in a way that felt good. So my blogs were yoga for hangovers, <laughs> yoga for jocks, yoga for runners, yoga for tight hips, yoga for tight hamstrings, yoga to get stronger, yoga for basically everything. Yoga for when your boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up with you and you're sad and you want to feel better. <laughs> These kinds of things. And then YouTube started and I thought, oh, this is cool. I can make a video of myself from my computer that has a camera in it, a little short yoga video and upload it. And people can practice with it if they want and feel better. So I did this and people started practicing and writing comments and sending emails. And around the same time, I had a lot of other things going on. We started a studio and I was writing books and doing media projects with celebrities like Brooklyn Decker, and I started to meet Deepak Chopra and Jane Fonda. So I was kind of doing things in all directions, online, in person, in media, and having this studio, and I was just really happy doing all these kinds of things. So the internet, for me around that time, it was pretty quiet. I was sharing yoga videos, and then people were talking to me about these yoga videos. And that was my experience on it. I think I even said in a New York Times article, Rebel Yoga, that my life is a bunch of people inside the computer <laughs> and then some people in person. And that was really my experience of online from say 2006 through 2015, 2016, 2017. And as things got busier for me in my real life, my offline life, I stopped sharing so many videos on YouTube. YouTube was this thing that happened to me that helped me meet people inside the computer in real life. <laughs> and I was really excited about that. I still love meeting people in person that, that I've connected with somehow online or helped with yoga in some way online. That really makes my day. So now from 2017, also I had Daisy. So that was a big change for me personally um, through now the internet has changed quite a bit in a fast internet away, internet away. <laughs> we want to get to internet away, most of us. But in this sort of attention economy, you know, get my attention really fast, do something, blow my mind, make me feel angry or agitated, and then I'll want more. And it drives all of us bonkers so much. So it drives me bonkers too. I was seeing so much stuff that made me feel agitated, whether it was not just following the news, but everybody's comments about the news, and then noticing how the news becomes somebody tweeted, and that's the news, and then everybody comments about that tweet, and then that's the news, and then everybody decides to worry about one thing, and then that's the news. 
So I myself saw myself getting moving really far away from what's really essential, what's happening in the world. I want to know what's happening. So if I can help, I can help. If I become more aware, that's great. And then, my goodness, then everybody has a show. <laughs> everybody has an online show that's all the time. And that can be distracting too. Even if you have a thousand real friends that you want to stay in touch with and then a thousand people that inspire you that you want to follow, that's too much. It's too much information. And, and then we have the algorithms looking at what we look at. And then there's a negativity bias, of course. So we all are wired to look at something that makes us feel not great and look at that for longer than things that do make us feel great. And then guess what? The algorithm says, oh, you like that thing that made you feel bad. So I'm going to show you more of that. And then boom, recipe for addiction, more stress, more tension, more real life drama, more offline drama, more offline fights and everything else and online fights and everything else. And not so good. Not so good at all. So I took my internet experience into my own hands. <laughs> and this was also pandemic related too. So we got lucky with this gift of time in a way. We lost all of our in-person events, of course. So did everybody else. And I'm really grateful that everybody in my immediate family was healthy during the pandemic and beyond. We got to move closer to be with my family. My dad was unhealthy, unrelated to the pandemic, but spending time here had been, has been really, really wonderful. But starting Strala Home, a sort of safe online space to share yoga, daily yoga, all of our videos and workshops and trainings that we've had, the, the pretty beautifully shot ones and the everyday ones in the house, but without the distractions all around, without the triggering ads all around, without the, the force, the push to struggle from the outside, even on YouTube. And I'm really grateful to YouTube for the time that I did a lot there, I guess, a lot for me. But now if you're on YouTube watching a video, it's the same algorithm that says, oh, that person just looked at something that made them feel not so great. I'm going to show them more of that. And then so many ads, so many videos around videos. You can't just watch a video <laughs> without seeing 85 videos surrounding it. It's a horrible place for kids. I, I will not let my daughter watch videos on YouTube. For now, she doesn't know what it is. Some kids at her school knew what it was. And I said, no, that's not something we do. That's just full of garbage. It's like a landfill, really. But it's sad because it can be a wonderful place as well to discover things that are helpful. And it was wonderful for me and still is in a lot of ways. A lot of folks still find Strala Yoga and find me and my work on YouTube. So it's complicated, right? <laughs> it's complicated. But having Strala Home, our Strala Yoga app, is my sane place, my calm place where I can have people over. By the way, you're invited. <laughs> so wonderful community. Thousands of people from all around the world feeling better. That's the thing. So come join us. And if you need any help, let us know. We'll help you. 
It's a low cost per month or low cost per year. So we can be sustainable. But if you need more help and you want to be there, please let us know. This practice really does work. So that's a huge part of my quiet interneting, just creating my own world, creating our own world to share. And I love connecting with people in person and online. But I've found a way, and I'll share my little secret, how to kind of trick the algorithm that you don't have a negativity bias, that you have a positivity bias. So when you're looking at something on your Instagram or on your Facebook or whatever, and you have to train yourself for this, when you feel not good, you can mute it. Or if it's a suggested post, say, I don't want to see something like this. It's irrelevant. You don't have to say block or spam or whatever. You don't have to report anything unless it's you know something you need to report. But just for your own sanity, your own well-being, this is a good practice. And you can do this with your friends, by the way. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that I follow that I don't see their posts every single day because you can't see everything every single day. Think about your real life. Do you see your real friends every single day, all of them, all day long? No. But with online... We do, and that's not healthy. So I see the people in our Strala community. I see some people that inspire me. I follow some craft folks. I follow some cooks, some things that I, I like to learn from in that way. And then it's a, it's a practice because it's not easy. Every time I see something that either triggers me or makes me feel like, ugh, What's that? What's that coming at me? I literally just say mute <laughs> or do not show me posts like this. And that's an everyday thing because the algorithm, the way these things are designed are to keep you on longer and they will keep you on longer if you feel bad. If you feel good, you'll go on, you'll do your thing, you'll share your posts, you'll connect with your friends, you'll comment on your friends family photos and all of this nice stuff that we love that is essentially positive and you'll get out before you get sucked into the negative or the negative, whatever it is for you. So that's my quiet interneting, <laughs> right? You don't have to comment all day long on things. You don't have to argue ever on the internet. You can argue in real life. <laughs> you can call your senator in real life. You can show up somewhere and mail a letter. You can help somebody in your community in real life. You don't need to be an activist from your couch in this way. There was a wonderful SNL sketch a while ago about people liking things on Facebook to kind of be an activist. And it was this song about like, good job, Bob, you liked that post, you know, good for you, you're changing the world. <laughs> so it's a practice. It's worth it though, my goodness, I feel better. I feel like I have my head back. I don't need to put my phone in a lockbox. You know, it doesn't matter. I look at it, it's, it's great fine. I can see people, then I put it down because it's not distracting me. But it takes constant maintenance and practice. It's like mowing the lawn or weeding the garden, whatever you do, your yoga practice. It's not a one and done thing. All of the content online that's shown to us is new every day. 
There's more content than you can consume. But just like food, you don't need to eat every single thing in your refrigerator every day. <laughs> you know, you eat what helps you feel better and nourishes you and something yummy. But our online behavior has gone unchecked for so long, for years now. So I'm bringing my experience back more toward what it was when I started, when there just simply was less online. There was not that many people doing not that many things online. <laughs> my yoga friend said, what are you sharing yoga videos for? The word sharing wasn't even a thing. What are you putting yoga videos for on the internet? You can't do that. It has to be 90 minutes in a room with a yoga teacher. I just said, I have a feeling that this is going to be okay. We do exercises with people on DVDs and VHS tapes and all of these things. You can do the same with yoga. It's going to be okay. People are going to be able to take care of themselves as long as I'm not sharing content. Again, content wasn't even a word. As long as I'm not sharing yoga in a way that will hurt somebody, people can look at something and take care of themselves just like they have done since the 80s when Richard Simmons and Jack Lane and Jane Fonda were doing these kinds of things. Take care of yourself. <laughs> All day long, people walk around without the assistance of me. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I can trust people to take care of themselves. But it's my responsibility to share information and practices that are actually helpful, that aren't harmful. And in this age now of the content everywhere and attention economy, there are boatloads of content and people and things that are not helpful and harmful and misinformation and bad and agitating and triggering and all the things, and we don't need it. And we can literally change it. I don't know if we can change it. <laughs> we can look at it less. And if you look at something less, it's like that tree in the forest. Hmm, did it even happen? Maybe it will happen less if it's given less attention. Isn't that kind of amazing? All right, so that's my my moment today on quiet interneting. My experience online is wonderful now. I do my yoga practice. I go online on the Strala Home page and the Strala Yoga app, and I catch up with everybody in the comments and our community board. I share little things on Instagram. I love doing that. I might share things on YouTube again. And I check up the comments, what people are doing, if there's anything, any, anything that I can help with from people. And if people say something not so nice, eh, I can delete it. <laughs> it's okay. It's not a democracy. Your own Instagram page, your own YouTube page, whatever. It doesn't need to be everybody saying everything about everything. You can, you can curate the, the feedback as well. Or maybe some of that feedback is helpful in what you might share in the future. Really, I don't receive very many negative comments, which I think is kind of awesome. Every once in a while, there's just a, a weirdo comment here and there, but, you know, I can delete it. In a way, if it's a really whacked out comment that's not based in reality at all, and I don't learn from it, I can't improve from it, it's just kind of spammy. If I leave it there, it's going to cause someone else an agitated experience. So why would I want to do that? It's like not picking up garbage in a room. Somebody else is going to come in and see that garbage or smell that garbage. I want to pick it up. So we can change things. We can quiet internet. We can have a social experience online and do our practices in a safe place. 
like Strala Home, and curate your experience from there. Constantly. <laughs> and then enjoy your real life. Enjoy your time in nature. Enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy your, your work as much as you can. Take good care of yourself as much as you can. So let me know how this lands for you. I love hearing from you, of course. So big hugs. Thanks so much for being here. And see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.